All right, welcome to Jive Talking, everybody. Coming to you from Jolly Roger Sailing Club on Edgewater Drive in Toledo, Ohio. It's kind of nice today because we have an audience, and uh, we don't usually have an audience. It just makes me feel important. You know, you know, you don't have to shush yourself. That's okay. It just adds to the ambiance. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about anybody who's been on the Great Lakes, who's sailed, who's been around the Great Lakes, know that occasionally we get some nasty weather around here. I guess that would be a nice way to talk about it. And um, we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, I want to have everybody introduce themselves and just tell me maybe how long you've been affiliated with Jolly Rogers. And you want me to start? I'll start over here. Yeah. Ladies first. No. Yeah, go ahead. I'm Barb Gall. Ray is a past Commodore. He didn't come today. We joined in 1968 and have been active members all those years. We'll be celebrating 55 years active membership in July. That is awesome. You can clap too, by the way. Anybody can clap for that. <laughs> we started out with a, well, we started out with a Bach boat, but we actually started out with a 18-foot inner lake, which we raced for over 30 years. And then we progressed to a 30-foot seafarer and then a 37-foot seafarer, which we did the loop twice. Yeah, I'm going to have you on another time with the loop. I, everybody at the club talks about uh, what kind of an accomplished sailor you are. And I also, we did something on the women in sailing. We'll probably do another another podcast on that and uh, and have you on. So how about you, Becky? My name's Becky Allmiller. I joined the Jolly Roger Sailing Club through my dad, who took the adult sailing program back in the early 70s. And then I was an active uh, junior sailor. Uh, my dad had an inner lake also, which we were allowed to use. And then he moved up to a Catalina 22. And then I moved on to my own boat, and I still own that boat. I own a Pearson 26. You also have a power boat, though, too, right? I also have a power boat, a 26 or a 2655 Sierra Bay Liner. And the reason I purchased that is I had a boyfriend um, that was a member at Riverview across the street that had a Marinette. Um, 32 sedan and we did a lot of things on that boat and when he passed away I was like really like doing all that so I got myself a a power boat that's awesome and last but not least Ken Alexander start sailing out of Jolly Rogers in the 50s got out of sailing for a while when I got married and had three kids I'm past Commodore of Jolly Rogers 1988 have been sailing most of my life and enjoyed every day of it. Now, before we got started, you were telling me a story about a boat delivery that was quite impressive. And I, I said, hold on. You were telling me about how fast you delivered a boat. You tell the whole thing again. I want you to tell everybody. I had a Hobie 33, which is a monohull that I had to deliver to the boat show at Cedar Point. And I took a look at my watch at Harbor Light and went across, to, we'll say it was just two of us on board, and got to Mouse Island in a little over an hour and a half, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, there were times I was doing 18 knots coming off of waves like you do with a power boat. That boat screams. How far is it across there? Do you know? 20-some miles, I think, to Mouse Island. 
Those of you who, there may be some people here listening. I know we have a couple people out of state. Cedar Point is an amusement park um, on the Great Lakes. It's probably rated the number one amusement park year after year if you like roller coasters. And do they still have a boat show there, or is this something they stopped? Do you know? Um, I wish, yes, I, they still do. Okay, okay. So you were delivering a powerboat there for the boat, or I'm sorry, a sailboat for the boat show? Correct. That's fast. That's all I got to say. Wild ride with a rooster tail behind a sailboat. And you held on to the tiller with both hands, and the centerboard was vibrating. We were going so fast. You know, I haven't talked to you much. I didn't know you were such a wild man, but that's that's pretty crazy stuff. Is that the fastest you ever sailed? That's the fastest I've sailed in a monohull. Man, I didn't know a monohull could even go that fast. Kobe 33s did, and I was on a reach all the way across. Man, that's that's okay. Well, that'll that'll segue real nice into the storm discussion. Uh, anybody that's been on the Great Lakes, you know that storms can come up quickly. And there's a couple storms we're going to do today. Um, so if you're looking for stories about sailing in the storm, you're going to see actually two stories today. We're going to talk about one that happened in the 80s and then one that happened in 95. Uh, so we're going to we're going to record both of them because I think they both have their own their own stories. So uh, let's start with you. Tell us about your storm experience. Well, Thursday nights we used to sail in the bay, a triangular course, and there were quite a few small one designs. There were junior sailors out there, and this storm came up out of the blue. I, I swear it came out of the north. I'm not sure. But all of a sudden I knew it was essential to get, we were on an inner lake. It was essential to get our sails down. And normally I would do that, but we switched places. I was steering. My husband got the sails down, and our only goal was to keep that boat upright. And we just went wherever the wind took us. And it took us over to, uh, <coughs> is it Collin Point? Anyways, we headed, the boat was headed for land. We uh, we got to there, and my husband figured he needed to pull the boat over to save the boat. Unbeknownst to me, our boat had a seat, and he pulled the boat over on me, and I ended up in the rocks. There were people from the club that came over later and managed to get our boats out of the water back to the club. And... Uh, I, I believe somebody was hurt. Nobody nobody drowned. Um, like I said, there were a lot of juniors. I think Bob Pearson might have still been sailing, and I think he cut his arm. And the Hobies were out there, and if you saw what the Hobies were doing, it was scary. They, they were being flung around like little kitty kids on these uh, trapeze. But uh, like I said, nobody was nobody would uh, drown. There were minor injuries, and thank goodness, because there were a lot of juniors, a lot of kids out there sailing. You know, the nice thing is the um, forecasting has increased and gotten better, but we still get caught. Now, I saw you chuckling. We're talking about, so you go ahead about the Hobies. You were on one of those, weren't you? That night that we went out, at that time, we were towed from the club in the Ottawa River out to Maumee Bay because there was virtually no air that night. And we're, I'm sitting out there with my crew, Hobie 18, 
with a trapeze, double trapeze. And it was basically nothing for air. For those that don't know, why don't you tell us what a trapeze is? Because some people might not know if there's a power motor listening or... Double trapeze means I get onto a cable off the top of the mast into a harness so I can stand up right at the edge of the boat and hang out over the side. And my crew is allowed to do that also in a separate trapeze. That makes it a little easier to keep the boat upright. And that night, as we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs, I'm looking across the bay and I can see the squall coming across and I told my crew to get in the trapeze with the adjustment all the way out and he thought I was kidding because it was dead calm and some other boats heard me and then happened to see it and we were able to keep the boat upright and one point when we were coming in we were going so fast the spray from the lower hull in this catamaran was we were going so fast we had spray up on the lower part of the sail and i'm coming upon another boat an inner lake 18 footer gentleman i knew quite well and because i carried more sail than what he did i knew i had to go below him so I didn't block his air, but he was concerned about it. And Art Berry was the sailor involved. And I yelled out to Art, hold your course going below you. That was so I didn't capsize him. And I went by him virtually no time and we sailed in. But for us with that catamaran, we were in at the club in virtually no time. We were screaming fastest I've been in that 18. And you loved every second. I can see from your face, you loved every second of it, huh? Well, I'm now 80 years old, and I can remember <laughs> that. And that was yesterday. It just made you look like you were 80, huh? A little stressful. Yes. <laughs> how about how did your crew do with that? I mean, were they, fortunately, they listened to you um, and did what you told them. What if they had not responded to your direction? What would have happened to the boat? Would you have gone over, you think? We would have definitely gone over. If I would not have been able to get in the trapeze, because we were fighting it. And with the catamaran, they want to nosedive down into the water. And we were out, way out, and past the trampoline aft in order to keep the nose up so we didn't, we'll say pitch pole is what it's called, and Tell stayed up. Tell us what a pitch pole is. Pitch pole is when the bow goes down and the boat goes over forward, I guess you would say. And that makes for kind of a bad day, I would say. Uh, and if you're in the trapeze, it throws you like a slingshot. <laughs> wow. Were you wearing life jackets? Uh, we did not have our jackets on, to be honest with you. They were right there. We didn't have time. Interesting. Now, if, if it was would have been a little, a few more... Minutes, yes, we would have put the jackets on, but it was a case of hitch up and hold on. How long do you think from the time you noticed the squall line to actually actually being upon you? I would say a couple of minutes for us. Wow. It was very fast. Very fast. I think, weren't there other Hobies out there? Because I got the impression that the Coast Guard came and they told you to abandon your boat. We were gone. 
yeah. before that happened. And I was surprised, and I'm watching boats go over as I'm trying to get in as fast as possible. I wasn't forgetting about my fellow sailors, but it was that day it was survival. So the Coast Guard told people just jump in the water and they were going to pick them up? I I think it was some Hobies that were out there. Okay. There were they, Hobie 16s, a lot of Hobie 16s, and some Hobie 14s, and they went over. And I think they were told to abandon their boat. They probably wow. rescued them later, but... The boat, you mean? Yeah, yeah for okay. safety, they got. Weren't there some jet skis out there? Oh my gosh! Helping people. I don't. I don't. Well, remember you were that. probably gone. I was gone. <laughs> I mean, as fast as he was going with that spray coming up on the yeah. lower sail, he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm out. He's mm-hmm. gone." Well, Today they would say, "Peace, I'm out. You're gone." It was every man for himself. It was survival. Yeah. Now, did, how much did you see? How much sail did you say you had? You, you put yours down, right? Yeah. And you and you and you guys grounded the boat on purpose, put it yeah. up on something, yes, to save the boat and save you, right? But you ended up on the rocks, meaning the boat ended up on the rocks, not you the, personally. Both. Oh, <laughs> the both the boat drove up in the rocks, and Ray wanted to heel it over to save the boat from more damage. I gotcha. And I was sitting on a seat in the boat, and the boat came over, and I okay. fell in the rocks. Okay, yeah, you did say that. So, did your boat sustain a lot of damage? Could have been a lot worse. It wasn't that bad. Okay. No hole in it, though. No. That would be the thing that always would concern me, and you know, run aground on the rocks. Yeah. Now, where, where are the rocks? Where about? You know, I don't know. The peninsula from Cullen Park, mm. the bayside. Okay. It, it was this, this land that jutted out. I don't know what that's called. That's okay. I just So you were pretty close. You weren't that far from here. It just it was going to be hard getting back, huh? Oh, yeah. So did the you said the Coast Guard had to fish a lot of people out that day, you think? I don't know. I think the Coast Guard, it uh, was my recollection, that they told some of these people in the Hobies that they had to get off the, off the water. Man, that would be terrifying. And thank goodness the Coast Guard station was close. It was it that. the same place? It's always, is it always been the same place? Yeah, Becky over here is nodding her head. Yeah, Becky's in the Coast Guard Auxiliary, so... Uh, she would know that. We did a show on that. If somebody wants to listen, that should be posted soon also. How long did the storm last? <laughs> I know it seems like probably an eternity, but... Well, it know. blew over real quick. Yeah. yeah, it was, It was. yeah, here and gone. Yeah, it was so fierce, but yeah, without any warning, it blew over too. So you think 15 minutes is gone, or was it... Hour? That's how to, hard to tell. Okay. I know it seems like an eternity when stuff like that's happening. Um, With that going on for, for myself, I was, like I say, just trying to survive. And it, the, the time it, there was, it could have been longer, it could have been less. It was just, I just remember it hitting so fast and not having really enough time to prepare like I really wanted to. Now, if anybody's listening who's not familiar with the Great Lakes, specifically Lake Erie, you know, when you talk about a storm, they're thinking, oh, how bad could it be? I mean, first of all, the waves here are very close together. So you're getting just beat up like crazy. Uh, second of all, the storms come up so fast, and uh, you just got to be aware. Now, obviously, with all the technology we have, it's better, 
but they still can catch you. You know, you don't want to get lazy. You know, some people get lazy and don't look at the sky, don't pay attention. You know, we get a forecast, oh, it's going to be good today. And next thing you know, bam, you know, it's it, the weather got hot. It heated up, kicked up a thunderstorm. Now, was there any, like, do you know if there was any tornadoes spun off of this? Funnel clouds? Did you hear anything about that? They didn't mm-hmm. say there were. Yeah. I don't I don't know. That brings up an aside. Have any of you ever seen a water spout when you've been out? Yes. yes. Oh, all of you. Tell me a water spout story. I always wanted to see one. Becky, we're going to start with you. Uh, again, sailing my dad's Catalina 22. I had a girlfriend on. We, The boat was docked here at Jolly Roger. And uh, we always went out on Wednesdays, got on the boat at 10, and stayed out pretty much all afternoon and we were sailing north we got all the way up around north cape entrance and started to come back and i was at the helm and my friend was just sitting and enjoying the day it was a beautiful day and i want to say maybe 30 yards behind the boat, my friend as calm as calm could be, she's like, Becky, turn around, and what is that? And as I turned around, a water spout was starting right off the water, and it got to be maybe 20, 30 feet in the air, and it went out from the shoreline. And we were close to the shoreline, so it moved away from us. But uh, we did switch positions, and I at least got the head sail down because a water spout can go wherever the water spout wants to go. But um, by the time the jib jib was secure on its deck, uh, the water spout had moved out going towards the channel. And then we continued sailing. We just left the head sail down, and, um, of course, weather's coming in, and we're waking away, and we get back to the docks, and we were probably five feet away from the poles to secure the boat to the dock with the dock lines, and then it just it just poured on us. Did, we're, it, did it look like a tornado? Does it it's, look like it's a tornado? It's a reverse kind of tornado. Yeah? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, but that's probably I the closest. I heard it's kind of scary. Mm, yeah. Well, it would be scarier if it would start to come at you because yeah. then uh, then you would become um, a boat in a toilet bowl. Water <laughs> water spout food. What about you? The ones I have observed were, I was on shore. I wasn't in a boat, thank goodness. Still, and, I've never seen one. And they were east of us. I don't know if it was Vermilion you know, or Huron, but it was east. It was out on the lake. It didn't come ashore, of course. Now, you being the wild man that you are, apparently, I anticipate you saw one and sailed through the middle of it. No, no, no. 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 Tell me it what was, happened. It was, I would say, half a mile off doing a long-distance race across the bay, and it was helped by West Sister and spotted it. last year. Woo. And spotted it. It didn't last long. Yeah. Um, of course, the other one, if it's on land, it's a tornado, and I've been through three tornadoes. One was close in the 70s of and i had uh, people on board my power boat at that time made it from walridge park when they used to have the fireworks there 
to the mouth of the Ottawa River in a little over 40 minutes. I had both those engines cranked. You like to go fast. That's one thing I'm learning from you, man. Yeah, that's that's a good run there. Yeah, so you were trying to beat the storm? Did you beat it? I beat the storm. Everybody got off uh, the boat, tied it up with all kinds of lines, and yeah. then it hit again. But as I'm coming into the outer river with the boat, I'm laying on the horn. And it calmed down a little. And I saw people coming out on the dock. They must have been looking. <laughs> and we got tied up. But that is wild when you're, when you have a tornado so close to you. Yes. And went across, like I said, the South End Bridge and then the wind. As I'm there, I had 100 feet of line paid out. And this is a 33 foot powerboat. And I'm not dragging anchor, but boats are going by me. Wow, that had to be scary. As, as we're anchored, and I said, I got to make it back, and I made it back. Fortunately, you were paying attention. Did you see it coming in, or did you have the radio on, or how did? We saw it coming in and batting down and didn't have enough time. Of course, it was coming across the South End Bridge, yeah. and we didn't have time to go any place. <laughs> but had to just batten down the hatches and pay out as much anchor line as we could. That's, wow, that's just kind of scary. Any other any other storm experiences you would like to relate that have happened on the water? Those have been some interesting stories. Yeah, go ahead, man. One more. All right. Sailing out of North Cape, squall hit again. I'm on our 20, I'm crewing on our 26-footer. And I had my jacket on that time because this one gave me a little bit of notice. And at the time, we're trying to get the jib down, and we didn't get the jib down in time, and I'm standing in the cockpit on the side of the cockpit because oh. we got a knockdown. Mast went right down into the water, and we oh. came back up again. Oh. But when you get a knockdown in your 26-footer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not liking this story. I'm reading about the Sydney to Hobart race right now, that book knockdown. Oh, Whew. Anyways, yeah. But you came back up, right? We came back up. How did you do in the race? Oh, it was canceled. Oh, okay. It I was just, canceled. I, Everybody I, was all over the place. I just didn't know maybe, you know. Yeah, it was It was definitely canceled. We, I guess everybody was looking at one another, and Ship to Shore Radio was going, is everybody all right? Yeah, that's that's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. How about you? You got anything else you want to add? I appreciate you coming in, but go ahead. Do you anything else you want to add? Yeah. No. Okay. How about you, Becky? Are you waiting for the for the other story? I'll wait uh, till we change gears. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming in. Uh, I just want to let everybody know if you're listening to the podcast and you have a comment, you want to send an email. We've now got an email address. Uh, it's it's J-R-S-C, just like Jolly Roger Sailing Club. Jibe Talking, J-I-B-E-T-A-L-K-I-N-G at gmail.com. So J-R-S-C, Jibe Talking at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, maybe shows you want to hear, topics you want to hear covered, we're always looking for that. So, guys, thanks for coming in.